Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Well, guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner. Welcome to another episode of the Foolishness Podcast. I know that last time was very heavy. And the pastor friend of mine, who I mean, had been molested, and his dad had died at 16. He'd struggled with drugs his whole life, a guilt and shame. And even as his son had overdosed, his daughter had been murdered. It's one of the most radical episodes. But for those going through pain and hardship, go back and listen to the prior episode. It is radical. Some of you have said you couldn't even finish it in the nighttime. It was too deep and too hard and close to hard to listen to. And where are we going to go today? Well, as always, this is the Foolishness Podcast. We're jumping into what God's Word says, but we use it through the power of testimony, whether a teaching, whether a testimony, whatever it may be, and brothers, sisters, fellowshipping in the Lord. So with that, um, I'm going to invite on one of my good, good friends. And I say this so much, and I almost laugh when I'm putting it together. I say good, good friends because I don't hang out with these people all the time in person. But because of the internet, because of Instagram, I see them, I hear them almost every day. So today, my friend is a husband, he's a father, I'd say he's radical in the Lord as we all should be, but to me, he is a bold but gentle spirit, and really, what he does, what his profession is, what his tent making is, if you can believe this, and you should, is he tattoos people. He actually tattoos people. Are we going somewhere taboo today? And of course, I am talking tongue-in-cheek. I met him out in Texas. We had a big event, a big festival, and he showed up to give his time freely. We're at this festival. He would invite people to partake of tattoos, and while doing so, he'd say, Lord, what do you want to do? What verse do you want to share? Lord, how do you want to minister to this person that I have now got an hour, two, or three hours with, and God has used him in a mighty, mighty way. So, so Mr. James Buster, how are we doing? <laughs> good, sir. Pretty good. It's my day off, so I'm like, I'm super chill today. Oh, how was that for an intro? Yeah. Is, that, is that about right? I love it. It's right. It's spot on. <laughs> but what do we mean when we talk about you are tattooing people. What do we mean that you go to these events? Because again, I just met you as someone with a smiley, happy, um, pleasant face and this demeanor. We hung out for those couple days, but many times since then, you're really good friends with a lot of my good friends. So just we're going to tackle this for those listening. We're going to get into some theology in a bit, some scripture. Yay. But what does it mean that this human is tattooing people and witnessing? Help us understand that. Oh, my goodness. Well... Yeah. You know, it's this is a wild one. Um, Tattooing and ministering—that's not at all what I was going for. Yeah. You know, um, I I tell when people ask me like, "How did you? How did you become a tattooer?" Yeah. It's like it's the like most boring story sometimes. You know, I just I just needed a part-time job. That's really the truth. Like I just. You know, uh, I made poor choices with my finances <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and all, and I found myself needing to tattoo. And, um, when people ask, well, how can you, how can you like, uh, marry tattooing and like sharing the gospel with people? Yep. Man, it was just, I would say it was just an invasion. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Like, but it, it's a pattern of invasion that I saw uh, at work in my family. Yeah. You know, he, God just kind of invaded my space. And um, I just, I had a, I pre- had a pretty cool example of uh, what, what it looked like for the kingdom to invade someone's life. You know, mm-hmm. um, my parents, they're fantastic people. Okay. They're yeah. great. But when they, when we first started out as a family, we were not okay, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the um, kingdom was all over the place. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. It was, we were, we were such a mess, dude. Yeah. I, when, whenever I share this part of my life, man, I almost, I almost get emotional about it because mm-hmm. like we came from such a crazy place, you know, um, yep. I lived in a super violent home. You know, my, my dad used to beat us up. He was, uh, I'm not trying to make it all heavy or whatever, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, and he's not, I'm like, he's not that person now. My mom's yeah. not the same person she was when they got married. Yep. But man, they were just, they just, we just came from such a crazy place. And, um, my dad went to without, you know, I'll just say he went to a denominational church. Yeah. So we're not throwing anybody under the bus. Right. Yeah. Um, we can put markers you know, up. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's yeah. times you need to say, Hey, be wary of this, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's this denominational guy, right? And uh he was religious, but he was just mean. Mm. And my my mom browbeat him, browbeat him into going to church. Yeah. And uh, you know, we would all go to church and then we would come home and then, you know, my dad would drink and then my parents would fight and I try to stop them and then my yeah. dad would, you know, it was a that's a nightmare. You know, and it was like every day. But then when we would go to church on Sunday, you know, everything's fine. You know, put on some glasses if you have a black guy. You're fine. No, it was that bad. No, just wild. It's wild. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my mom, she just got tired of it, dude. And so she left that church and let him go to that church. And she went to uh, like an actual Christian church. Yeah. And um, this guy... Uh, my mom went to counseling with this Christian pastor and um, just was trying to get our family right, you know? So she was focused on the family, wanted to be in a relationship with your dad. He had his demons Mm -hmm. and he was like, fine, I'm going to go to this church, which most men would say, why am I going here when you're going there? This looks like a termination of the relationship. Yeah. Right. And he, he wouldn't go with her to that other place because, you know, he had his friends at this place. Yeah. So church was just, at first, church was just the social club. Yeah. You know, and I saw that, and I never forgot that. Mm. And um, so anyways, my mom went to this other place. She started to get Christian counseling. And I could notice that my mom was changing. You know, she, she would still fight, you know, but, but it, was, it was different. Like, it was like she was, she was fighting for us. You know, she was mm. fighting for the marriage. She was fighting for the relationship. Yeah. And, um, you know, she got this other pastor involved, and my dad was a restaurant guy. So, and <laughs> this is crazy, okay? So, he, we're, we're in El Paso, and that's a border town, mm-hmm. right? My dad used to serve guys from the cartel in his restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, like they would they would order like 
you know, like $30,000 bottles of cognac, right? And my dad runs like a super ship shape ship, yep. you know? Yeah. And they would do $600 shots and then they would go to the bathroom and do coke because of the, you know, the bathroom is clean. Wow. Right? So, and, and so, so, but I said all that because- Would they pay for it though? Can... They'd pay that much money? Absolutely. Because they yes. were honoring and everything. They honored yeah. the system. Because I'm saying and probably now there's more people down there doing this because the borders are wide yes. open, you know? So Right. And, yeah. and uh, just to give you the, the idea of like who my dad was, like these cartel guys really liked my dad. Yeah. Because he would tell them, look, I know what you guys do. I don't care about your guns. I don't care about what you do. I don't, I don't care about any of that. You be nice. You be respectful. Or I'm going to throw you out. And I don't care what happens to me. Yeah. And so because he was wild and he just. They got a kick he, out of that. <laughs> yeah. They got a kick out of it. But it was like he treated them like they were normal people. Yeah. Right. And so. Okay. So that's that's who my dad was. So he wasn't afraid to bring a fight. Yeah. You know? And so my, my mom went to this other church and uh, this pastor decided that she was going to help our family by going to my dad's restaurant and inviting him to church every Sunday. So him and his family would go eat at this restaurant. And the, the goal was to eat and then to invite my dad to church. Mm -hmm. And he did it for a year and a half. Yeah. He was super consistent. Yeah. And every day my dad would say no. And he didn't know that by inviting my dad to church like that, after my dad was saying no, he was risking his life. My, yeah. my dad would beat on us like it was nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was on the edge, but he needed that job. Yep. And that pastor didn't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and so, you know, after a while, my, my dad, after like a year and a half, my dad finally got tired of it. And he was like, hey, listen, man, I, I told you over and over again more than one time yeah. like leave me alone about this i already go to a church i'm not interested in your church and uh he got in that pastor's face like kind of you know like he's about to lose his job type of way yeah and that pastor got right back in his face and he was like listen buddy i'm not afraid of you and <laughs> i'm not ever going to stop inviting you until you come to my church yeah and so my dad was like are you telling me if i go to your church one time You'll leave me alone about this. I'll never hear from you. I'll never see yeah, you again. Yeah, yeah. He's like, absolutely. You go one time and I'll I'll never bother you again. So they shook hands on it. And That's what uh, you did the next back Sunday. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And and next Sunday, my dad went to that guy's church and Jesus, he rocked his world, man. And really? Bro, I'm I'm telling you, I saw my dad turn into another person. Hmm. I saw it, you know, he went from being an alcoholic and like a drug user overnight, stopped doing it. Yeah. Overnight, you know, overnight, stopped beating on my mom. Yeah. Overnight, bro. Yeah. He went from being that violent guy to being the guy who was serving and loving on people. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I witnessed it. So you're you know, saying before this, us, as much as there's horror stories and we hear everything, yeah. you watch the human being, your dad, encounter the risen Christ and the yeah. science behind this, the evidence testimony is he really changed. You watched your mom change. You watched yeah, him change. He was, yeah. He, 
our relationship was not the same. You know, there were some things that changed overnight, mm-hmm. like all the violent stuff and all the all the drugs and stuff like that. And then there was like little things that just changed over time. You know, yeah. like we just became less and less dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, like we would still like argue and yell before going to church and then yeah. take a ride to church. That was super awkward. Just, but, but you know, they would go. And then um, this is, and then I became old enough to kind of work with my dad in the mm. restaurants, and I got to see the change in my dad progress. Like he didn't just turn into a nice person. Yeah, you know, he became a praying man. Yeah, you know, he became yep. he became a servant. Like he would serve us at home. Yeah. He would pray for us at home. Yeah, and then he would serve people at work, and he would pray for people at work. Yeah, and I don't mean like. I would just see him. Okay, I'm gonna pray for you. You know, have some nice, warm and warm yeah, feels yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. Like I saw people heal the cancer. Yeah, yeah. He was interceding, yeah. praying, believing. Dude, breathing. I saw I saw people with messed up knees. Yeah, like they have a brace on their knee. Yeah. They would take their brace off because their knee didn't hurt anymore. Mm. Because my dad prayed for him, and he was going and to the this church. He, yes, and so <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like. He went to church, but when he went somewhere else, church was able to go with him outside Mm, of the walls. mm. The Jesus that encountered him in church left the building when my dad left the building. How old were you right then? What was your age? This is from what age? I was like 14 or so. So they were born again. My mom was born again in the 80s, uh, mid 80s. Mid to late 80, I would say like 86, 87 yeah. in this movement called the Radically Saved Movement. Hmm. You know, and that movement came out of the Jesus People Movement. Yep. You yep. know, from like the 60s. Yeah, from Calvary so, Chapel. 20 years later. minutes from here. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what? You're, oh, yeah. you're 15 minutes from that place? We're right there. Yeah. No, you aren't. I mean, we're e- yeah, we are. So Calvary rad. Chapel's right here. I mean, we're even closer to the Jesus who moved. He's inside of us right now. But yeah, the movement's right there. I mean, most of my guests <laughs> that have been in Calvary, you know, both the Joshes I had on recently, everyone else, I just spoke at their chapel the other week to the youth. I'm trying to get it to put on here. I speak there all wow. the time. Most of the people in our church come from that movement, but most what? of the kids. That yeah, is so, so you know. Everyone's out, and the whole joke is, and I've heard people say this. You know, it wasn't the Jesus movement; it's that Jesus is still moving. And so that was even yeah. our prayer. Our church had a prayer thing last night, and the whole thing is, you know, what is God doing in Huntington Beach? Because, and I'll tell you, I felt like God gave me a picture yesterday, which I never say that. I feel like He really just showed something for what He's going to do in Huntington. Because um, our pastor, you know, obviously it's the Holy Spirit but is unified like 15, 10, 20, 30 churches where when we first planted years ago, they were in such different places. And our pastor just being winsome and inviting, you know, has invited all these pastors together. And now they're all serving and they're all doing stuff and they're realizing, you know, with the state of the nation and you've got everyone playing everyone and the politics and the economy and just, just oh, the yeah, enemy's yeah. deceiving. We should all be sitting here laughing and giggling like you and I, celebrating even differences at time for the sake of the kingdom. So so this right. is what you watch your mom came to faith in the eighties, your dad got fired up what in the nineties then or something and uh late eighties. Late eighties, yeah. So yeah. yeah, probably eighty seven, eighty eight. Okay. She was born again probably eighty five, eighty six. Yep. Um 
she actually didn't get she wasn't actually born again in church she was born again on some televangelist guy yeah yeah i think it was, i think it was robert tilton or something like oh, that okay so she's watching it and she's because you know what i would yeah. do i would travel a lot when i'd first come to faith and as you'd be falling asleep in these hotels you know and with all these skaters who aren't christian i'd find <laughs> whatever televangelist was on which can be hit or miss sometimes depending on where they're going who it is you know they right. can be doing anything but some of them and so i think at the time it was john hagee and he was in revelation oh, <laughs> and we'd yeah, be falling dude. asleep and in the morning my friends would wake up and like what did you leave on the TV? I was dreaming about dragons and the end times. And I'm like, no, you know, I, you know what I mean? Hey, if they can hear it and it's permeating the room, so be it. You know, the word goes out. But so were you a believer or were you then watching this? And were you getting dealt with firsthand? Because you're like, I, this is not I normal. Was, you know what? I, I, I was born again when I was like seven. But I, I didn't really become a disciple. I would say I didn't really become a disciple, like a follower of Christ until like, mm. I don't know, 96 or something. I was like 16 years old. Yeah. But I just, you know, I saw this pattern. Yeah, I'm, ta I'm talking about like, what, what's it like to be a Christian tattoo artist? Yeah. But it's, a, it's this pattern that I saw where the kingdom just invades, man. And yeah. he, he, he hit my mom and then. You know, and then he invaded my dad. And then I saw how my dad changed from like this violent guy to this guy who's praying mm. and not just praying, but like really he's praying and then like demonstrating the gospel, you know, laying his hands on the sick, seeing yeah. them recover. And it's not just at home. It's not just the church. It's wherever he's at. You yeah. know, like I saw people I saw mostly at the restaurant is where I saw him pray for people, you know, yeah. like where he worked. And it's like, God turned his work into his work environment into like this ministry. Yeah. You know? Yep. And that's, that's really similar to what happened to my life. You know? Um, I just, I remember <laughs> it's like the Holy spirit would show me these pictures of my dad, hmm. you know, I'm tattooing somebody and then, you know, they're all of a sudden they're crying, telling me about their problems. Mm. You know, and I get all different age groups, you know, from 18 year olds to like yeah. 80 year olds, you know, pretty cool. So, yeah, <laughs> that's some wrinkly skin. Right. You got to probably stretch out, huh? Oh, man, dude, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. You the know. fine line. I mean, unless they're Botoxed out, I guess. No, I'm kidding. Sure. <laughs> but so that yeah, was so. it. So that was, so were you a good artist? Because you showed me some of the art a minute ago. Were you a good artist? Did you draw? Was tattooing like, I could probably do that? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I would, you know, when, when I graduated from high school, what I wanted to be was a minister. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like I didn't really have any character. So I just went to art school. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to art school. And this is part of the story of how I became a tattooer, too. So, yeah. it's like, you know, like I, I went to art school, but my, in, in college, my lowest grades were my art school classes. Yeah. Like if it wasn't for my art school classes, I would have had a 4.0. Yeah. You know? That wasn't your, your loved, strong point. Yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved art. I just hated art school, hmm. you know? And uh so I quit art school to join a you know, like some Fortune 500 company called UPS. And so I I started delivering for UPS. Yeah. <laughs> and uh my my UPS job was a part-time job 
but I, I worked my way into this one position where it was part-time, but you could get full-time hours. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I started working in this one area making full-time hours, but it, the, the spot was called a temporary cover driver. Yeah. So I would cover for people that were sick or I would cover for people that were injured. And this one guy was super injured. So he was out for like a year and a half. Yeah. But after, and after, you know, doing that route for a year and a half, I got used to just making that money. We made life adjustments that weren't smart. Yeah. And evolved, then all of a sudden that guy's better. And I have to go back to the warehouse doing part-time instead of full-time. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. And my dad, my dad was like, why don't you, why don't you try tattooing? And I was like, dad, like, yeah, I don't even have tattoos, man. Like, yeah, that's uh, funny. You had no tattoos. You just said, why did he say it? I don't know. Well, well he had it. He had a tattoo right on his, his arm that he didn't show me. And so he was like, why, why don't you tattoo? And I'm like, Dad, I don't even have tattoo. He's like, yeah, but I got this. And he like showed me his arm, you know, and it had like this lion. Yeah. And he was like, James, you could do this, you know, or, or better. And you know, he like, got it years ago art. or recently and then showed you or what? Yeah, something. It was something like that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And great. so, you know, so he's in the restaurant business, so he yeah. knows all these people. And so he met these guys. uh from you know around town or whatever and he was like why don't you go over here and 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 so that's what i did man i just i went to this shop i showed him my portfolio and i got hired on the spot and they just helped you intern do the stuff and all the rest and showed you the yeah well well, so you must have how long ago was this like 15 years ago if that 23 years ago so so back then you weren't allowed to play drums in church or um you know definitely couldn't have tattoos and all the rest of it you know you're allowed to drink coca-cola and things like that so you must have had verses thrown at you from that point on or just been challenged with is it biblical oh to tattoo gosh. is it not just what's that been like before we jump into the theology of it yeah uh, you know you occasionally you you run into like super religious people and they just want to, I don't know. Yeah. They try to try to beat you up with their Bible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with them. Yeah. You know? You're just not going to uh, get in and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially at the beginning. Like I didn't really know how to reconcile that. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. You know? And, um, I, I actually really super struggled with it. Because you like shared a little I, bit about I, that, right? Like, so, so you went into yeah. this tattoo without maybe laying it before the Lord, and then you kind right. of felt crazy, and now you're doing it. And then would they, when they'd say it, would you feel guilt and shame, or like they're probably right, or what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. you know, I had, I had like that little, I had this thought that I just never confronted. Like, you know, if you if you tattoo, you're probably going to hell. Yeah. And it was just, you know, a real quiet voice in my head, you know. Yeah. And um. As as the years went on, not being able to really reconcile that thought, yeah, uh, you know that voice would get louder and louder. And then one day, you know, my wife and I, we we were serving in church. We would do worship and stuff like that. Mm. And then one day, a person said, "You know, you're just letting the enemy use your gifts," and that's what they said. And it about was your like, art and your craft, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by that time, I was already full time, you know, knocking tattoos out, like 
three or four tattoos a day, just yeah. killing it. And you're making a full on living. This is all you yeah. have to do. You can volunteer yeah, full, at church or whatever. Yeah. You know, and uh, trying my best to serve God, you know, I kind of had like a foot in the world and then like a foot in the church. You know? Because but, that does come with the territory a lot. A lot of tattoo yeah. guys are riding bikes. They're boozed up. They're, they're you know, yeah. they come from that punk rock lifestyle. There's rebellion in it. But is that what people were doing 2000 years ago? Is that what they were doing 4,000 sure. years ago? We read about it in the Bible. But anyway, to your point, then we'll jump back into that for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling this guilt and shame, then brother or sister so-and-so with good or bad intentions in church tells you, well, right. the enemy's using this, and then you began to, right. like, the shame just echoed and, too loud? And Yeah, it literally felt like it literally felt like something in my mind snapped. And I, I tell people hmm. um, that it's, it's like a switch went off. And like 24 seven, all I could hear was accusation. I, you know, it was like, it was like hell was, I don't know, dude, it was just like fear and guilt and shame. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was scared I was going to die all the time. You know, it was like, uh, it was like having a panic attack. Cause you and die you know, in like, your sin. You die in your, dude, so you'd finish tattoo dude, was, and say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Well, it, what happened was, is, uh, it got, that anxiety that I was feeling from those yeah. thoughts, it got so bad. I became unfunctional. Yeah. And so like I lost all this weight. I had to shut down my shop. Man, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, yep. I couldn't tattoo. Yeah, I could do like one tattoo a day and that's all I could handle, you know? And what was the verse and they'd be sharing with you? Was there a certain thing they'd bring up and say, this Leviticus. is what... It's always Leviticus, you know, Leviticus like 1928. Don't mark yourself. You Don't shall not make body. any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. So let's just, let's just be radical and we'll jump into this story for a moment because we should be able to answer these things. We should be able to sit here and say, is it okay to tattoo? Is it something that's an idol? Is it something that's opposing and blasphemous or not? So for our listeners, Leviticus 19.28, you shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves, I am the Lord. So it sounds pretty straightforward. But let me ask everyone listening, how do we approach the Old Testament? How do we approach the laws and the guidelines, all these things in context? Were they just for Israel? Were they only for the priests? Were they the Levites? Were they the ones who couldn't get tattoos? Put it like this. Do you wake up each day, Brian, James, listeners, I'm keeping the Ten Commandments. Do you even go further and say, I'm keeping 613? Do you even know that the Jews put so many borders around the 613 and the 10 where they couldn't pluck out a gray hair? I think I have a couple over here once in a while. I couldn't (laughs) pluck that out on a Sabbath. You couldn't break an egg. By today's standards, you couldn't turn off a light switch because then we get to Jesus. And what does he say? He says in Matthew 5, 17, James, Brian, we can say, Do not think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So is the law done away with? No. There are people who will die in their sin, who never came to faith, never encountered the person of the Holy Spirit, the one who saved your mom, the one who saved your dad while he's hanging out with the cartel and the pastor's bringing him to the Lord, you know, getting in his face. Jesus didn't do away with that. God gives us the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. 
we see these 613 commandments. So what does it mean that Jesus came to fulfill? And here's what we need our listeners to get is that Jesus showed up well aware that for thousands of years, the Old Testament is given religious ideas, given commandments, telling the nation of Israel how I want you to live amidst the nations as they look at you. Don't bow down to a golden calf. Don't bow down to Baal. Don't be like Pharaoh worshiping, you know, Ra or Akhenaten or Isis, all these things. But all the Lord did, and I'm going on a bit of a rant here to help us understand this, to get back to your point, All the law did, Paul said, the apostle in the New Testament, is the law was a schoolmaster. There's James with his family, there's Brian with his family, there's brother or sister so-and-so, self-righteous with their family. All the law did, said, was Brian, James, you've sinned this year. At the end of the year, take (laughs) take that animal, and you know what? Bring it into the temple, bring it into the tabernacle, bring it into the tent of meeting, outer court, inner court, the priesthood serving. And you know what, James? Your sacrifice will go through the line. And once a year, the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies. There's a mercy seat with the Ark of the Covenant, the commandments and the rod and all the rest of it. Those two angels, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my hands. They're facing each other. What's the picture here? Please hear this. God is above. God is looking down. In the Ark are the commandments. In the ark are the things that James and Brian and everyone listening that's ever lived, we've broken them. James 2.10 says, if you've broken the law in one place, you're guilty. So if God looks down and sees the law, which he knows the law, we're all guilty. But what's on the top of the ark? The two angels, that's the mercy seat. So the sacrifice is given, the blood is applied on the mercy seat. When God looks down, does he see the law? Or does he see if you've been forgiven the blood and mercy, mercy and blood, grace, love, all the rest of it mm-hmm. intercedes on our behalf. This is powerful stuff because I wasn't a believer coming to faith, trying to disprove the Bible. Why is this Ark of the Covenant? And, I, and you know, James is allowing me to go on for a moment because I said, I want to really dig into this to see some funny things here. Yeah. Then we get to the New Testament. Here's Jesus. Jesus is a rabbi. He's teaching the law and the commandments. He's bringing the kingdom, as James has spoken about. Listen, when you hear the gospel say the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, the reason it says heaven is because it's written to Jews, so they won't use the name for God or this title for God. So you're going to get Matthew saying kingdom of heaven. As you hear this, Jesus is walking Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, the Beatitudes, what is he saying? The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the very thing that James's family encountered. But what else does Jesus do? He goes up on this mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, and there's two people uh-huh. there. Well, there's Peter, James, and John. They're his three who will go on to do radical things, who he's raised up, you know, plant the churches and that. But there's Moses and Elijah. Who is Moses? Moses represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets. Jesus goes up on the mount with the law and the prophets. Don't think, Brian and James, listeners, Foolishness Podcast, don't think I came to do away with them. I came to fulfill them. Jesus is on the mount. How does John start? We saw and we beheld his glory. They watched Moses and Elijah and Jesus glimmering. The word translated is literally like shining like lightning on this mountain. Peter, of course, gets it wrong. Guys, let's start a Bible study and, you know, set up shop here. 
What does God do? And we miss let's this. Let's make a building for each person. Exactly. Let's, let's build a tabernacle. Let's start our thing. You know, we're just like, you know, we don't want to throw rocks at Catholics, but in many ways we can revere people too much like the saints when we're all saints. But here's what's important. Jesus, Moses, Elijah. First of all, how do we even know it's Moses and Elijah? Because they didn't know what they look like. There was no iPhone back in the day. This is something God is revealing to them. Here's the law and here's the prophets. Peter begins to speak, and God tells us what? This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Over Moses, over Elijah, I want you to focus on the son. And if the son is really coming to affirm what is his teaching, he showed up and said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. When the religious leaders challenged him, you know what he gave them? He gave them the law and the prophets. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He gave them 613. Brian, what verse is that? It's where he says, what are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. What do I mean? Loving the Lord your God with everything is the first four vertical commandments. Loving your neighbor, Mm -hmm. loving James, loving myself. There's the next six. Jesus is coming to fulfill the law, the prophets, to be not just the priest, but the prophet, priest, and king. And here's something that'll blow your minds. Jesus couldn't have even been a Levitical priesthood because he wasn't from the tribe of Levi. He wasn't from that camp. He was the lion of the tribe of what? Judah. Probably tired of a few of those. Jesus shows up, new order, Melchizedek. So why am I saying all this? I'm not saved because of the law. I'm not saved because of the commandments. I'm not saved because of the Levitical priesthood. I am not saved for anything other than the line of the tribe of Judah, the blood. And you're saying, well, Brian, you're bypassing the verse. Well, let's just read this. And I want James to take over. But I really wanted to get this in. All these people that come to you and say, you can or can't tattoo. What verse do you mean? I said it before. You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. And I would open that verse. I would say to someone, let's read the rest of it. Okay, verse 5. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. To the person challenging tattoos, have you made a peace offering so you can be accepted? Are you depending on your peace offering or are you depending on the Lord? Verse 6. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it or the day after. And if anything is left over until the third day... You need to burn it with fire. So anyone listening, if you've given a peace offering and God hasn't received it, you haven't ate it in the last two days, you better burn it on the third day. There's no one listening that has ever done this. There's no one. There's no Ever. Ever. No one's ever done this. We're talking about Leviticus. Here's another one, James, for you, for whoever you hire. Anyone listening that employs someone, verse 13, the wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. If you hire anyone, pay him him that day, pay him every day for the next 70 years of your life or whatever you live. If they work at your tattoo shop, you hand Uh, them what they owe tomorrow. If they work at Google. Okay, let's carry on. Verse 19. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. What? Nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of clothing. James, I'm pretty sure that that garment you're wearing has got mixed fabric. So... What are we going to do here? We're going back to the law. (laughs) Verse 23, listen to this from my missionary friends. When you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food, then you shall regard its fruit as forbidden. 
Three years, it is forbidden. And guys, I know this is tongue-in-cheek, but sounds crazy. But there's a beauty in just looking at the text and what it means. Context is everything. I bet some people have never even expounded on Leviticus like this. Three years, Mm. it's forbidden to eat this food. But in the fourth year, all of its fruit is now holy. And you can offer a pleasing offering to the Lord. But in the fifth year, James, you may eat of its fruit to increase its yield for you, I am the Lord your God. So if you are on mission, if it's not just the land for the Levitical priesthood, mm-hmm. if it's not just Israel, if you are in Nicaragua right now, if you are going to Costa Rica, if your wife plants an orange tree, a pear tree, an apple tree, because you're a foreigner, you cannot eat of it for three years. Verse 26, you shall not eat any flesh with the blood in it. James, did your dad's restaurant ever serve meat um, with plenty of blood <laughs> in it or not? Because I want to tell you, he must be really off with the Lord. Verse 27, I'm going to be in trouble with this. You shall not round off the hair of your temples or mar the edges of your beard. I got a haircut yesterday. And I mean, there's even women out there, older women especially, who pull on their whiskers. So, I mean, they're in trouble too. Verse 28, now we are in context. You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves, for (laughs) I am the Lord. So... You cannot cut into the flesh. You cannot pierce your eight-year-old daughter's ears because you are making a cut in the flesh. You cannot get your nose pierced. You cannot do anything. And it sounds like I'm being crazy. Verse 32, this is hard for all of us. You shall rise before the gray-headed. No sleeping in, folks. You're up early. Verse 33, let's get political. Uh, I, I got that one already. Hey. Well, there you go. I wake up early. You, whenever you want to wake up, you're good. <laughs> yeah. If a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. Whether you are left or right or anywhere, whoever is coming into this country, whoever is coming into the border, whatever. And I wish, I wish we knew who were really the poor and those who need stuff so we could bless and give. A lot of times, you don't know what people are going to do. But this verse is saying, if a stranger comes into your land, do not, do not mistreat them. So he's talking about cutting the flesh. He's talking about making marks. Now here's the pushback to that. James, what is the whole heart of the Bible? It's that we chose our own hearts. We chose sin. There's idolatry. It's that Adam and Eve choose to listen to one sermon rather than God's. It's that in Egypt, they were caught up with other gods. No, they depended upon Yahweh. It's in Babylon, Daniel, they were being baiting with the idols. So to talk about tattoos, podcasting can be an idol. Jiu-jitsu can be an idol. The size of my waist can be an idol. Um, tattooing <laughs> can be an idol. If you're someone who just goes, I need to do this because it makes me feel better about how I look. Yeah, bring yeah. it to the Lord. But guess what? I don't get to tell you that, James. I don't get to say yeah. that your hair is long and your hat is backwards and that cool Texas-looking box behind you is because you think you see And now he's turned it sideways like Limp biscuits. so there's humility. What's up, Fred Durst? Someone said on this episode, but my point is this. We don't get to police everyone. There's very clear things that we should or should not do. The way we live, the sin that's there, we know that we get a conviction. But I'm saying that to say, to challenge someone on tattooing, and because to me, or just someone I met who loves the Lord, was sincere, was very merciful and gracious. And the idea that you would be sitting with people at an event where I was speaking multiple times, I know what you're bringing to them. I know what you're presenting Mm -hmm. to them, the risen Christ, the kingdom, based on the word, based on the scriptures. And yeah, 
1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of the Lord. I can go to jiu-jitsu and it's all about me. I can go to the gym. I can go on a walk. I can be in ministry and it's only about me. Even First Peter 3.4, let your adorning be the hidden person. These are all the verses people throw at tattoos. Yeah, but are you yeah. dyeing your hair? Are you having your teeth whitened? What is the yeah. goal of any of it? It's getting radical. And I love what First Corinthians 10.23.24 says. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, and I am humble in there. I have fun. Um, do I go around trying to stroke and um, choke and kill everyone? No. I want to be a gracious person in there. They look at me as a pastor. They call me polar bear. But what what is the way <laughs> I'm living? You know, I'm, I'm trying to be everything I'm doing. I want to go, Lord, is it submitted to you? Can it be used for the kingdom? Yeah. Have, and, but, to, but I want to jump back into your idea real quick. You said you weren't even focused on tattoos. You started doing this. How did you right. get past that guilt and shame? Because those verses well, I just read, you know, that's, that's the I rock couldn't. on the throne. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, and it's, you know, it, the Bible says the law, the law came through Moses, mm-hmm. but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not just grace, not, not just truth, but grace and truth. Yeah. And, I didn't know uh, what God said about tattoos. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing it all in and of myself. And honestly, when, when, uh, when I came to the Lord, you know, it was really, it was really the spirit of religion that was messing with me mm. about tattooing. Yeah. And uh, religion is like, And this, I, maybe this is, but this is part of the story, right? Yeah. Like, it's man's attempt to get to know God, you know? Yeah. And so anyways, I was dealing with all of this anxiety because I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile the idea of what the Bible said about tattoos. I didn't know what God said about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, I wasn't, I, and I knew in myself, I wasn't really living for the Lord. You know, yeah. I was, I was trying, you know, I was in the right direction, but you know, I, I wasn't living a life fully, fully like, uh, surrendered. One foot you know? in the whale, one foot in the church. Right. Yeah. Going through the motions, so, wanted what God offered, but you're living in the flesh a lot. And, and I, I really needed the Lord to, uh, speak over me. You know, it says that, uh, the word says that Jesus speaks a better word, you know, and his blood, uh, yeah, than that of Abel. Okay, yeah. yeah, and and so I was, I was that one thought that I had at the beginning, and that one thing that that one leader said in church. In my mind, I agreed with those two thoughts, and it's I snapped. Mm. I I couldn't I couldn't function anymore. I was so scared, bro, like scared of dying. Um, just, I, I just tell everybody I had a panic attack that lasted a year, like a full year. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't just like having a panic attack. I was seeing demonic things. You know, I would, at night I would see stuff mm. that, you know, nobody else could see, but I could see. Yeah. Uh, I would dream about hell. I would wake up with nightmares where like 
things were dragging me to hell. And, uh, man, nothing, nothing was getting mm. better, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, the Lord, the Lord healed me of all that anxiety and, uh, what he used to heal me was his word. Yeah. And, uh, I started to get my, I started to get my app. There's this, <laughs> there's a lot of things that happened for me to be healed of that, like of that super high anxiety. Uh, God sent this guy from Australia to pray for me. Mm. Um, this guy named Lucas Connell. Okay. Because he heard he he had heard my story that I went crazy. Because I did, I went nuts. I had yeah. to shut down my shop. Almost lost my family, you know, uh, because I was just I was I was encountering hell before I died. <laughs> had you terrible. shamed yourself so bad where there was guilt and there was an offense that you had taken and you were just sure you were damned and so you couldn't sleep you were anxious yeah. everything was like you i mean yeah you were living under condemnation I could, and judgment i could i could hear hell hmm. i could heal i could hear people being tormented i could yeah. hear them 24 7 from the moment i woke up to the moment I, the only and the, honestly the only thing that really saved my marriage was I was encountering that, like I was just sitting down and I would rock back and forth, you know, because I, I could hear people being tormented and stuff. I was going crazy. My Your wife was going to that place, yeah, where you were just yeah, was all in there. My my wife, speaking of my wife, she just yeah. came to the door. Yeah. Is she coming <laughs> in to wife, say hi or no? Yeah, she yeah she's coming in to say hi. <laughs> Come on in. Okay. She wants no part of it, like most wives. Like, yeah. leave me alone. You're right. good. I was just talking about you, and then you came in. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Right. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. But she she actually she actually heard what I was hearing. Hmm. And that's that's and she's like, oh my god, what is that? She could yeah. hear hell with me, hmm. and I was like, I hear people screaming and yelling. This is starting to freak me out. And I'm like, what? You can hear that? And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going crazy. You know, like something, something was happening, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but when she heard that and, and then it went away, it kind of, you know, kind of gave her, I was like, she, she kind of like felt sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and was, but qualify uh, this for people. For people need to realize this. We are being led by the spirit, God, mm -hmm. through Jesus, through Joel, even prophecy, what is it God does in the last days? Not the end time, necessarily, but the last days. Your sons and daughters will talk, the Holy Spirit will be poured out. So is it something that God can do to give us dreams, give us visions, you know, lead us by the Holy Spirit? Did he not give people pictures and visions in the New Testament where they see this chasm between the rich man and those who right. were God and those who weren't? A lot of times yeah. we can get away from who Jesus is because you've got to realize People say, well, Jesus saw so much of the demonic or so much of this because it was crazy yeah. back then. No, he was just showing us what was going on behind the scenes. So for God, when someone has spoken damnation wow. or condemnation over you, Man. to allow you to hear this, whether you're hearing hell or hearing I, what it would sound like, he's I allowing you to hear Yeah, I heard it for a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I couldn't eat. It, it was it was a terrible thing. Yeah. And I was just having anxiety all the time. But anyways... Yeah. You know, uh, God sent this guy to pray for me, kind of, kind of like, um, kind of like, you know, like when Paul, Paul was, Paul went blind. I'm not mm -hmm. comparing myself to Paul. Okay. That's not what I was saying, but like mm -hmm. God sent another Christian to pray for me. And, uh, after a year of experiencing hell, 
you know, I was just like, I, and we tried everything to make myself better in our own natural strength. We yeah. tried meds, we tried uh, psychologists, we tried counseling, we tried Christian counseling. Yeah. Bro, it was just getting worse and worse. Wasn't you just and being was, bonkers in the car saying random stuff? I this was a real yeah. trauma. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and wow. and I'm like, okay, God, this is this is it. I guess this is it. I'm never gonna get better. And I was I was starting to have conversations with the Lord, like. You know, if this is the quality of my life, I don't know if I want to hang out for all this stuff, you know? <laughs> and then uh, and then thank God this guy from this guy from California told this other guy from Australia my story and he felt led of the Lord to call me. And so he called me and he shared his story. His story was he was in a drug-induced psychosis permanently. Hmm. He had a visitation from Jesus. Jesus healed him, told him to preach the gospel and pray for people with mental health issues. So I'm on the phone with that guy and I didn't think anything was going to happen. He prayed for me and bro, I'm telling you, I didn't feel God, but I stopped being anxious. I stopped being like instantaneously the anxiety mm. left. Mm. And I don't mean like I felt a little bit better. I mean, it was gone, like gone, like somebody broke off. <laughs> whatever was on me and just totally totally gone and uh, but i was still hearing stuff and i was still dreaming of stuff mm. there was just no torment connected to it right mm. so fast this is how i got healed and then fast forward i start getting my appetite back you know i start getting my family back function you know, operating back yeah i can i can tattoo again i'm doing like one tattoo a day you know so i open a private studio so I'm tattooing there, you know, and then uh, a pastor who also knew me in Odessa mm -hmm. invited me to tattoo his congregation. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, but I still think I'm going to hell. Okay. There's just, but, but for some reason, after that guy prayed, there's no torment. So there's no fear, no torment. But and I you still, can't just say that and move on. He didn't mean he was going to line yeah. them all up and you just brand them. He just meant no. he invites people there that might want tattoos for you to yeah. come in and say, hey, I'll I'll yeah. do all this free of whatever, and they can bless you with whatever they want kind of thing. Yes. It's more like an and, event. And it's, hey, it's he's going to come in. Yeah, but but it, but he did it just for me mm -hmm. because he, he – I guess he, we're friends or whatever. To hear right? your testimony, so, to bring yeah. you in, and to give you mm -hmm. kind of a kickstart maybe like, hey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So after, after I tattooed people uh, – him, his wife, and some prophet, right, that in that local area, they felt led by the Holy Spirit to have like this prayer meeting with me. Yeah. And so after we did all the work, they had this session where they were praying for me. And I had this radical encounter where Jesus came inside the room. I this sounds crazy, okay? No one's paying me to say this, okay? There's not a reason for me to say this. But this is what happened. They prayed. I closed my eyes and I'm not in the room anymore, bro. I'm mm. in the throne. Mm. And I saw Jesus and I took communion in heaven. I don't know. I don't know how people feel about that. Yeah. I don't really, I wouldn't say. I well, don't people are going to put the seatbelt on and say, what's happening? Because yeah. you're getting what a vision. Happened? A vision. Yeah. You just didn't walk into the church, but you're getting a vision no, where you're present. They, they were praying in uh, a friend's house. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in the house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the two people praying, they didn't know what was going on. Mm. I, I'm just, you know, like, 
am I in heaven or am I in that house? I don't know. You know, As Paul like, said, whether I'm, I'm here or there, yeah. I don't know. What is that, 2 Corinthians 12, yeah. he says? Yeah. He didn't fully yeah. understand. It, and so, then we have John in Revelation yeah. caught up, and he's getting it, it all these the, pictures. It was one of the wildest encounters I ever had. You know, like, I'd open my eyes, and I'm at this house. I close my eyes, and I'm in the throne. Mm. And so I could see God as, like, this brilliant light. And then there's a cup in front of me. And he's like, this is the, this is the cup of the new covenant. You know, you're going to take this. and you know, he said something like, uh, you'd think I would remember what he said, but it, exactly, I, I don't remember, but it was something like, you didn't deny me before the Father, and so I won't deny you before my Father. That's what he said. And so I took communion, yeah, I took, I took the communion cup, I took some bread that he offered me somehow, mm-hmm. and then like, bro, all that stuff stopped. Yeah. And yeah. I was in my right mind. Yeah. Totally, totally healed. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's how, that's how the Lord, that's how the Lord, uh, put me back in my right mind. Yeah. Even, but even after that encounter, I was still struggling with the thought of if I'm saved or not, Mm -hmm. because I never confronted that quiet, accusatory voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so. Well, there's anyone who use any one thing he can. You know, listen, people got to hear this. And I, I always, you know, jump in because pastoring, I mean, I'm the one with the platform foolishness. I'm the one going to give an account, but the enemy will use everything he can. The Bible says God chooses to forget. God can never forget anything unless he chooses to. So when he chooses to forget your sins because you've been purchased with the blood of Jesus, God is never going to bring them up again. And we're not saying tattooing is a sin because based on Leviticus, we just qualified it for back then. Today, it's your own conviction. I have a ring on my finger because the ring would always come off. I'm like, okay, this is more simple. Would I get my kids' names? Are the things I would get? No one can judge me for that. I can't judge you because you have whatever on. I don't get to, but I can look at a lifestyle and say, which way is it going? Also, especially for my conservative listeners or viewers, you were probably like, there's no way this person had this encounter with the Lord and you jump in to tell evangelist. And hey, you should think that we're meant to be cautious. We're meant to be Berean. But let me ask you, what do we see in Daniel? What do we see in Ezekiel? We know the verses, even if an angel of light, we know it. The Mormons are at my door the other day. I don't believe that, you know, Moroni is sent of God. But what I'm saying is, can the Lord, you talked about Paul on the road to Damascus, was it Ananias at the house who, you know, prayed over and got a sight back? Okay, we see this in the Bible. We're saying that we come together and we're given spiritual gifts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. We see this in the scriptures. We see the book of Acts over 30 years. They're doing certain things. Can God not give you visions and pictures? And I would challenge people with this. Even those who probably read most of the books, I read most of the reformers, most of the more rigid stuff. You probably tell people that the Lord called you to plan a church or called you to marry someone or called you to coach at baseball. You probably tell people that the Holy Spirit is leading you. So when someone like James is especially unpacking, you know, very vulnerable stuff, to me, it's not strange that you're in a prayer meeting and you can have these pictures of the throne room and have these pictures that no eye has seen or heard. You know, we hear it in Revelation, but God's allowing you to get a grasp of what's going on because Jesus is telling you it's the new covenant. And it's funny because I didn't know you were going to say any of this, but what I just pretty much said with the law <laughs> and the prophets 
What I just said with the Levitical priesthood, what I just said with Israel, is we are living under the new covenant, so it's not abolished. It applies to those who reject, like they reject the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the only unforgivable sin. But for us, we're in Christ, we're redeemed, we're forgiven. I love that you said the blood speaks a better word because Cain yeah. killed his brother. And what would his blood cry out? Death, you know, vengeance, religion, you could say, sin, murder, shame. But what does the blood of Jesus say? Love, mercy, grace, redemption as though you'd never sinned. I mean, that was put on the cross. So anyway, there's you. And here's the testimony. No one gets to know this but you. It's meant to be subjective. Yeah. Our faith is subjective to anyone. To the atheist doesn't believe, I tell him, yeah, you can't believe. What do you mean? You can't believe because of my faith. I'm the one with the encounter with the Lord. I'm the one who reads the text. You can go to him yourself. And like Nicodemus, John 3 you will become born again if you confess and repent and trust. Anyway, you have this encounter. God gets you back on the horse, so to speak, even though Paul was knocked off. You're back on. You're moving forward. How do you get rid of the shame? How, how do you say, no, Lord, I'm going to use And how does it become a tool? Because these people invited you to the church. Was that, is that as simple as it was? Yeah, that yeah. was as simple as it was. But I still, but I was still having trouble. I was still having trouble, like reconciling that one thought. I love this you know? because we're answering the very first question I asked you. We're still getting yeah. to how he started tattooing. Go on. Well, that's that's like the whole story. I've only got know? one like, question, folks. Don't worry. Yeah, but you can pause and get your coffee now. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, go on. So uh, you know, I'm I'm tattooing one day. Yeah. And I still can't reconcile. It's like this foothold. You know, it's, the Bible says, don't give Satan a foothold. Yep. That's what he says. He says not, you know, it's, yep. it's like a. It's Make like no a room for the flesh. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't know how to do it, you know, so I just, you know, it's like what I said, you know, like there were some things that changed overnight, but there were some things that took a lifetime, you know, that, that just got better, but it was still him working it out. Yeah. And like I said, you know, Jesus speaks a better word. And I was just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't defeat that thought that was in my head. Mm-hmm. So as I'm tattooing, I actually hear the father speak and he goes, he goes, Hey, doesn't my word say I wrote your name on my hands? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, I'm trying to tattoo here, you know, like, yeah. and I just yeah. heard God, the father say, Hey, mm-hmm. does, doesn't my word say I wrote your name on my hands? And I'm like, yeah. No, I definitely remember that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where it's at. The person I'm tattooing doesn't know I heard that. Okay, I'm just saying like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like God's okay, speaking so, to you. Yeah. Yeah, he's still speaking small to me, voice. You know, yeah. and, and dealing with me, you know, still small, just like that other voice. That's in I just head. want people to get this Not because a lot of times it's how it's presented. You know, yeah. when you hear someone shouting, thus saith the Lord in Old English, That's not because God speaks in old English. You know what I mean? That's how that person's listening. And I'm not affirming everything everyone says. Again, we're to be Berean. And and I'm very skeptical of most of the things I see (laughs) radical groups doing. Because, you know, to me, is it better that my leg grew or better that you preach the gospel? It's the gospel. These signs follow. When I see James's wife and what God wants to do in your life. So God brings a verse to you. Like I would go, well, God put this verse on my heart. We're saying the exact same thing. Please hear that people yeah what did he bring he bring revelation yeah yeah and you know i didn't know what the scripture was yeah so you know at the end of the day i looked it up and it's isaiah 49 16 right and okay so 
So another day goes by, I'm tattooing someone else, and mm. same same thing happens. I heard the father's voice, and he's like, mm. hey, doesn't it say in my word that I wrote my law mm. on your heart? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, no, it, yeah, it says that, you know? <laughs> and I finish the tattoo, I go home, I look up the scripture, and it's it's Isaiah 49, 16, or it's mm. Hebrews 10, 16. Yeah. I wrote my laws on your heart, Hebrews 10, 16. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't really, I'm like, I wonder, like, man, where are you, where are you going with this, Lord? You know, mm -hmm. like, I'm like wondering where he's going. I, I'm still struggling if I'm saved or not, even though I had radical encounters, you know, um, I, I still You're doubting the actions totally. you're encountering, though. You're doubting the flesh and what you're wrestling with. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so another day, same thing happens, you know, i I'm tattooing and the, the the Lord, I heard the father say, he's like, hey, doesn't my word say on Jesus's thigh, it is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm -hmm. And then after he said that, he he finished what he was saying, but it was a little different. He's like, do you think that's in marker? And I laughed out loud. Like I literally laughed out loud. I'm tattooing and I, I start laughing like a crazy person. And the person is like, dude, what are you laughing? I'm like, I just I just heard something funny. They're like, man, is this guy going nuts again? No. Yeah. Just you know, don't I, draw that on my leg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. So <laughs> I was just like, I'm just kind of chuckling because that's a funny thing for, for me, for a Christian tattooer mm. to hear the father say, do you think it's in marker? And I'm like, no, I don't think it's in marker. You know, and then the same thing happened. I went home. I looked up the scripture and it's Revelation 19:16. Now, I am an artist, so I don't like numbers, but God speaks to me. And in, in numbers, it's mm. like a sign and wonder. I even had dreams with these. Oh, I'll tell you that some other time. Yeah. But yeah. like, uh, dude, so I went home. My favorite scripture. Okay. This is why this is important. My favorite scripture is John 316. Yeah. God so loved the world that mm -hmm. he gave his only son. Yeah. And whoever believes in him shall not perish. Amen. But have eternal life. Shall not perish. So John, God. He gave me three scriptures mm. that end in verse 16, mm. knowing that I would get that. Like yeah. he, John 3, 16 me. Yeah. Yeah. God so loved the world that he gave, right? And he, so I'm Isaiah like, oh 49, 16, Hebrews yeah. 10, 16, Revelation 19, 16. Yeah. John 3, right. 16. He, John 3, 16. He 3, 16 yeah. me. And let me challenge and people too. It's like Muslims who say God could never appear as a man. So you're saying God can't appear as Jesus? And people listen and say, well, God would never do that. So you're saying God cannot speak to us personally and individually. Um, I see people that, you know, it's dreams they get. It's certain scriptures yeah. they get. Is God not going to speak through his word? And we did a thing at our church yeah. last night, a prayer thing. And it was about David and in, in the book of Acts. And they're looking to David, whom the Holy Spirit spoke through. You see in the start of Acts and the end of Acts, Paul challenges <laughs> the religious leaders. And he points to Isaiah who the Holy Spirit spoke through. So can God not speak through Brian, through James, through whoever, who the Holy Spirit spoke and, through? If we're given a comforter and a helper, what is he helping us with? What is he giving us? And, I'm hearing a guy who's distressed being comforted. Yeah. yeah. And and through signs and wonders. Yeah. You yeah. want to hear something crazy? Let's this go. This is crazy. This is, might as well do it, right? Today I woke up. Might as up, well do it. <laughs> today, and not knowing that we were going to talk about this today, Hardly at all. Yeah. Right. It wasn't for me. It wasn't scripted. I wrote a few things down. Yeah. I woke up. I woke up at four forty-four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Okay. Today, right, I look at the clock. It's 4.44 a.m., right? Yeah. Today is 2.22. Yeah. It's February 22nd. Yeah. And we're talking about, now I looked up scriptures. John 4.44, it, it's about... Um, Oh, he's in. What he's in, he's in the woman in Sychar. He's at the woman at the well. Yeah, yeah John, the disciples yeah, John went into 4, the village. John four forty four. Yep. Uh, hold on. He's. Let me read that part. Because John four thirty four is one of my favorite verses. My will is to do the work of the Father. My food, rather, is to do the will. My carpost, the the. Uh, yep. You finding it? I was gonna, yeah, I had it here. John so you're someone that sees numbers and will go find it in the Bible, jump into it, yeah. Yeah, but it but it has to do with what we're talking about, which I think is wild because I wrote down the the scriptures and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like it's like happening this way. <laughs> Jesus Jesus himself testified that no prophet has honor in his own country, hmm. and then he came to Galilee. And, re- and they received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went into the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana, where he had made the water into wine. Yep. And he, he literally says, you guys won't even believe unless you see a sign. Mm-hmm. Right? And then 2.22, it's about miracles, signs, and wonders. Yeah. Which God performed through Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's Acts 2.22. So if I was bringing verses, I could have gone to them today and said, I'm going to throw some verses out for our listeners to affirm what we're saying, because I believe the gifts have continued. I believe they're still for today in that sense. Yeah. And and there's there's two sides of it. You know, Jesus Jesus even said, he's like, it's a wicked and adulterous generation that seeks a sign. For a sign, yeah. Right? But he also says, these signs will follow them that believe. Yeah. Do you believe? absolutely <laughs> well let's say this right here's what's important yeah. i i always look for opportunities to share this because i i don't get to i don't get to share this i'm going to say just some funny things look i was 15 skating a handrail i had ocd <laughs> i did five throw one throw ones to a handrail and i kicked the board fifth time hit between my legs hit my head on the floor like this real quick and i sat up and said i've seen god I'm not a Christian. I've never read a Bible. I didn't know one Christian my whole life. I sit up at my friends in the law courts in Liverpool, and my parents are out for the night. My sisters are at home watching wow. me. I'm 15. This is my testimony. I hit my head, and I said, I've seen God. My friends are all laughing. Ali Bulala, a famous skater, staying with me at the time because we were riding for Flip. This is factual. I hit my head. I said, I've seen God. And now in the picture, what am I seeing? The brightest, widest light. Something like you would see in Daniel 7, Daniel 9. And I'm not a believer. I have have no concept of the Bible. And I feel like God said, you're going to live in America. You're going to skateboard. I've got a plan for your life. I wasn't someone at the time at all this stuff going on. I'm starting to get things going. I end up riding for Airwalk. I end up moving to America. But what did God say third? And I've said this my whole life. I can't believe I say it. And even when someone like you says, you know, God spoke to me, I'm like, did God speak to him? Because I'm like, my flesh is like this. I'm like, well, I know God speaks like that. I've got a plan for your life. That is so ambiguous. He didn't say, Brian, you're going to pastor. 
You didn't see Brian yeah. go around the world. You didn't see the no. Foolishness podcast. You didn't say you'll write a marriage book. I've got a plan for your life. Okay, here's what happens. I don't come to faith till I'm 24. I am walking downtown. I told this story the other week. Walking downtown, I don't have a Bible. I'm on probation because of community service and skating and tickets. God, I need a Bible. I'm flexing on God. I walk past the park, Lake Park, and this Bible is in the garage. I should have got it. There's a $50 Bible wrapped in film, a New Living Translation, the beige cover that many of you have seen. I'm walking and I'm saying, Lord, I need a Bible. There's a Bible sitting on the table. I pick up this Bible. I'm saying I watched this happen my whole life. I could bring up Katy Perry's parents at our own church. I haven't, I hadn't traveled, been out the States for nine years. I'm praying, Lord, what do you want to do? Katy Perry's mom sits up, begins to speak in tongues. The dad interprets and walks over. I know the dad speaks in tongues over me. I'm a deacon at the church. Okay, what's happening? There's 400 people. He comes down, speaks in tongues over me. The mom sits up, walks over, and she says, Brian, and I barely knew them. I knew them enough. Brian, you're going to go here. You're going to go there. You're going to do this. I'd never been to Australia. I had been out the country for nine years. I was becoming a citizen. I got a phone call in two weeks to go to Australia first time and to preach in a church on charismatic reformation, on a reformed church. Oh, wow. And here's my point. I'm saying this. I went to get a tattoo in a tattoo shop, this ring right here. I'd been speaking at a marriage conference for the first time. I'm in the shower praying, Lord, if you want me to write a marriage book, let me know. Just let me know. I don't want to waste your time. What do you have? I go and get this tattoo. A guy from Australia sitting there with my friend Chris. They have a tattoo place still today on Harbour Boulevard, Huntington Beach. You'll probably get to know when you come out here. I sit down and the guy says, the Lord gave me a word today and I didn't know who it's for and it's for you. I need to pray. Close my eyes, sit there, hasn't tattooed this ring on me yet. And he prays and he says, the Lord's going to use your marriage with building blocks to help other couples bridge their relationship. And I get wow. done and then Chris prays for me. And the only thing he says is, Brian, you know you're meant to write a marriage book, right? I wrote the book in three weeks. It's been out for like wow. five years, never fails. That's what it's called, you know, love never fails. I go back to him again to get a name on my arm. The only two tattoos I have. As I get there, Chris says, I've been praying for you. Doesn't know the age of my kids, knows I have three. He says of my oldest son, this is Dakota. He says, the Lord showed me that he's going to catch bigger fish than you. And I mm -hmm. said, I didn't say anything. And he goes, you know, I didn't say more fish. I said bigger fish, which, you know, the Lord works like that. Like, and, and my son has only ever had four words over his life. Every one of them has been that he'll be an evangelist. Everyone. He's a gifted teacher. Wow. He teaches in the youth all the time. But when he gets away from notes and we go to Costa Rica and he would have his Rubik's Cube or he would skate and begin to share. And one time I said, I'm taking the notes, just go talk about Jesus. The way he comes alive is so, it's like a gift. He said of my daughter, and this is funny, because if you see her now, she was probably like, what, 12 at the time? He said, your daughter's going to have a ministry like Brian Welch, where she's going to be creative and she's going to reach a lot of people that people don't reach. Wow. She literally can draw like, she can draw a pig and you want to put on a t-shirt. She makes things. She just went to water <laughs> art school. Her hair's dark great. right now. She's, you know, she's in that stage of being a 16 year old. She's going to Japan with me, you know, in a few months, just me and her. But I'm oh, saying cool. none of this is adding to canon. 
None of this is scripture. None of this is anything that's new to the Bible. Everything right. you're saying about these verses, and even back to the verse, isn't your name written on me? Are we saying that Jesus sat down and someone tattooed him? Of course we're not. But what God is saying is, your name's on me. Your name's recorded yeah. on me. It's, it's, it's not an affirmation. Go tattoo the whale. But what he's saying is like, he's relating to you. So I wanted to say all that to say, yeah. and I'll say this last thing, and you're being very gracious letting me say this much, but I know for our listeners, they, they've got to hear this. I was yeah. leaving our old church, went into a church. We weren't sure where we were going to land. A guy walked up to me in the foyer as I was just in and out. I was checking out churches. And he said, you're Brian Sumner, right? And I was like, yeah. And he said, this is going to sound really crazy, but four weeks ago, my wife had a dream and she woke up and said, do you know that skater, Brian? I feel like he's going to become like become part of Rock Harbor. At the time, my mom had died. My wife had miscarried. We were done with the old church, with the way things were ran. And, and and the old church would kind of look out of the churches like, are there signs and miracles and wonders there? Is it happening? It was kind of that more Pentecostal flex. And I was like, Lord, mm. where's your spirit? So as I walked in, that guy said this four wow. weeks prior. I'd Come been on, listening dude. to John Piper preach at Rick Warren's <laughs> church randomly. And that was when the Lord released me. I'll say two more things really quick. I was preaching at the church, and as I'm preaching one night, I say, Lord, pursue love, desire spiritual gift, especially prophecy, and the Lord lays on my heart right then. There's a lady in here, and she's been molested between the ages of six and seven, and I need you to address it today mm -hmm. because it's going to change your life. I have a friend from that other church who came to hear me speak this night with a bunch of us, <laughs> you know, our whole family's there, everything. She's sitting there, and I'm preaching to probably like, 80 to 120 people, not that many people. I say, listen at the, and I always say this to the Lord. He put it on my heart before the service. And at the end, I'm like, Lord, if this is you, if you want me to still share this, affirm it. And then you get this heavy kind of like, you feel the emotion. And I say, listen, this is what the Lord put on my heart today. Again, we're gathering, read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. This is the Bible we read. This is the apostles. This is the, the, the dynamite, dunamis, Acts 1-8 power. I know you're getting a kick out of this because it's only preaching truth, you know? And many of my listeners probably don't think I think all this stuff, and I do. I will go to the, the most fired up place because I'm, I'm aware of what Scripture says. So if something's off, it's off. As yeah. I'm sharing this, I said, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, this is very personal. I get done and I say, look, the Lord wanted me just to speak this and to let you know he sees, but you need to deal with whatever it is. So we get done and we're praying and we're done and everything. Everyone leaves for the coffee shop in the back of the church. And our friend is sitting there, just sitting there looking at me. And we're like, what's going on? She's like, I've never told anyone. I was molested wow. between the years of six and seven, and the person died this week. And I never yeah. forgave my family for allowing it, and it separated us and ruined us. And I said, Lord, if you need me to deal with this and go home and deal with this, since then it's restored her whole thing. And I'm just saying, I've had multiple things like that. Does that mean I'm a prophet? Does that mean I'm this? I don't need to say what I am. What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit laid those things on my heart when I made space I love the picture of yeah. the Old Testament. I asked a guy one time who I believe is very prophetic, Greg DeVries. I've known him for years from Alabama. And I said, what is the oil? What is the? It's obviously symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And he said, and the way you want to look at it is, if I'm in the Word all day, the Word's going to get on me. 
But if I'm pursuing yeah. the Holy Spirit all day, it's like I'm rubbing that oil on me. It's a picture. I'm <laughs> expecting him. You know, I, I've said so it to many good. people, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, even if you mm. don't believe there's apostles and prophets today, there's still those those offices represented. There's someone who looks more like an apostle. I don't mean on a TV, apostle so-and-so, everything I say, you better do. Right. I mean there's someone that can plan a church, can evangelize, can teach, that can kind of operate in it all. Even the prophetic, are we really saying that we don't hear from the Holy Spirit of where to plan a church, of what to do with that budget, of what the pastors, of where you should plan a, ta a tattoo shop? So thank you for being gracious. Let me say all that, but carry on though. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord, um, he said all those scriptures to me, uh, mm. Isaiah 49, yep. 16, Hebrews 10, 16. And he asked me a question. He, he kind of switched it up. He's like, do you think it's in marker? I kind of laughed. But then he asked me a serious question. He was like, how are you supposed to live your life? And I gave him a canned answer. You know, I just, well, you're supposed to live like Jesus. And he kind of came back at me like, okay, smart guy. Well, yeah. how does Jesus live his life? And I, I didn't know what to say to him. And <laughs> from, I didn't know what to say, dude. You know, I'm, I'm I'm kind of scared of him. You know, yeah. I was scared of his word. I'm kind of scared of him. I'm kind mm. of scared. I'm just scared in general. Yeah. And from my insides, the Holy Spirit bubbled up and answered from my own mouth, mm. answered the question God asked me and yeah. answered him on my behalf and said, James, Jesus, he didn't live for himself. Mm. This is how Jesus lived. He didn't live for himself. He only said what he heard the father say. He only did what he saw the, saw father, the father do. do. Wow. And that was my answer. I did not answer. The Holy Spirit answered on my behalf. Mm -hmm. The father responds to what the Holy Spirit just said through my mouth. He's like, that's right. Jesus only did what he saw me do. He only said what he heard me say. Mm -hmm. He did not live from himself. Mm -hmm. And he said, I have tattooed your name on my hands. Mm -hmm. I have written my laws on your heart. Your brother has a tattoo on his thigh that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Go enjoy tattooing. Mm. You can do whatever you've seen me do. Mm. All of a sudden, all these, all these things are connected <laughs> now, you know, and I see God as a tattooer. Yeah. There's not a single person he hasn't written his laws on their heart. Yep. Because when they die, they're not going to be able to say they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. Romans 120, no. man, without yeah. excuse. You you yeah. shouldn't kill. Yeah. You shouldn't murder someone. Yeah. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't take from what's not yours. People yeah. know that. Yeah. Everywhere. It's like yep. everywhere you they people know you you'll die taking other yep. people's stuff in other countries. They know because the laws are written, you know? Yep. And so it was just like, ever since, ever since he spoke that word over me, Yep. you know, shame, fear, guilt of tattooing. Oh, that's all gone, bro. Mm. And he, he turned in an instant. In an instant. He has a, see, God has a pattern for the kingdom where he takes what the enemy meant for evil yeah. and he uses it for good. Like, like Jesus, mm. you know, they crucified Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. You read that. You read the New Testament. It says if Satan, if Satan had known that mm. they were crucifying the Lord of Glory, he would have never done it. Yep. Yep. And he he turned what the enemy tried to kill me with hmm. and turned it into a a testimony. Yeah. Into like a yeah. message. <laughs> you know now now tattooing is not something I'm going to hell for. Mm-hmm. Now tattooing is how I share the gospel. Yeah. Because you're you know, sitting with them. You're, you're, well, well, yeah. Think about that point. Even because see what my mind does is I qualify everything. So when you say about Jesus and what he's doing, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So he suffered, he sweat blood, he was anxious, but he went before the cross. And so you see this dual thing that God is doing in people. So yeah, that's a, so now you can go and freely tattoo, step into what he has. And of course, I have no doubt until he says, now it's time to do this or do that. God's using it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same pattern I saw in my dad, you know, I started praying for people at the tattoo shop, Mm. you know, the, the kingdom didn't just invade my dad's life. He invaded my life. Yeah. And, and I saw, I saw how he just, he just, goes and starts yep. taking land and you know push, pushing forward pushing mm. through you yeah. know not even necessarily taking me out of all the hardships yeah but taking me by the hand and like walking me through it like he didn't take all that anxiety away right away yeah but i know yeah. that he was with me yeah you get what i'm saying like i was <laughs> i thought i was dying and going to hell but i could feel him there with me <laughs> Well, he says, don't be anxious because we're going to feel anxious. You know, if someone says, Brian, we have a 12-hour flight to Tokyo, (laughs) I don't want to sit, you know, on my rear end for 12 hours. I get a bit anxious. So I'm like, you know, (laughs) yeah, all good. Well, how are you doing on time? Are you okay? I'm okay. 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 Yeah. I I actually, we actually have a, a building inspection. Okay. But I didn't know about it till right now. Yeah, yeah, okay. But okay. but it was yeah. it was towards the end of what we were talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just they just barely told us right now. Just tell them we're praying and preaching, and they need the Lord, and you're good, you know. That's right. So, <laughs> but so then you do this twenty five years. Obviously, God's restoring anything that was broken in the marriage. Your wife standing right there with you. You know, how many kids do you have? Mm-hmm. Three. Three kids. That's right. Yeah. And I think you know. I Jacqueline, think the last Leia, time, and Jake. What's what's her names? I think I think last time I met you, I only had two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause I, I'm looking back thinking yeah. I remember the two. Because with three, I normally say, okay, the like us, we have three. But so mm-hmm. then since then, you've been tattooing. And how has the Lord been using this ministry? Like, is it you going to churches? You just out in the open? Is it coming to the yeah, shop? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's here at the shop. You know, we, we minister like one-on-one people here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get to tattoo pastors. Yeah. And ministers. Yeah. And I don't necessarily even know that they're pastors or ministers, but we get to minister to them. And then they're like, oh, you know what? I'm actually a pastor. Could you come minister at my church? Wow. That's also, they have encounters, you know, like, yeah. Uh, one time I tattooed Joyce Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> you said that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I got to tattoo her. She's sweet, her and her husband. And, <sighs> and, uh, it's, it's wild, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just everywhere. And this this Easter, um, my ch- the church that we go to, my wife yeah. and I serve at, uh, Oasis and Cattle Mills. Yeah. They're gonna host they're gonna host a three cross tattoo event. Wow. wow. At their church. Yeah. 
with yeah. other Christian artists. Yeah. And we're going to reach hundreds of people with the gospel <laughs> and our well, craft. Well, I was going to say this. I heard a gentleman say it years ago, whenever there's someone who's into art or painting, you know, God could have revealed himself any way in the beginning of Genesis, but he starts mm-hmm. by saying, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, wow. God's an artist. In the beginning, God crafted. <laughs> you know, all of your art, and I've heard someone say this, I forget, it might have been Johnny Marr recently, you know, because I'm playing guitar, I like listening to Johnny Marr and stuff, and he just said, all these songs already exist. All the notes exist. All the tunes exist. All the lyrics exist. Everything we create, whatever Elon's trying to do, whatever that guy's trying to do, whatever Einstein was trying to do, God already gave it to us all. It's just in this vacuum, and we pull it down. So he mm-hmm. gave life to it all in the beginning. God created. And you've got to look at things, you know, can you not wear Puma shoes then? Because it's got a, you know, a, a Puma on it. Even this hat I just put out, you know, the Fear God one with a bear on that my, my buddy did. Aww. Can we not wear a hat because, you know, it's got a bear on no one is bowing yeah. down. James isn't tattooing people so they can worship gods or cut their skins and markings. This is just enjoying God's creation, you know? And so in that sense, I think we need the grace mercy. We need to watch what our idols are like anything. Um, and, and, you know, I just want to say this, even it's cool that you got to do that with Joyce Meyer because, I mean, what? She, she was raised being raped by someone in their own family from what i hear obviously comes yeah. under a lot of fire because they highlight the more motivational sermons a lot of the times but how much has god used her over the years to speak and focus on jesus you know what i yeah. mean i know i know when people challenge a lot of stuff i would say hey have you seen people or heard of people who came to faith because of this like how has god right. redeemed these things and that's where i'm sure. like lord you be present there you know we can call out the craziness when we see it in anything. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I um, I, had, I had heard a voice that said I was going to hell for tattooing, but I also heard God's voice, too, in the middle of that. And he was like, you know, one day you'll tattoo prophets and pastors, mm. you know. And so there was just there was just redemption. And I, I really like uh, how you showed me that hat because I wrote down this other thought. Yeah. About about um, the fear of God it, one. There it is. Fear God. I, I wrote down um, true true signs and wonders of God will bring the fear of the Lord. Mm. And one half of the fear of the Lord is holy reverence. But the other side of that is awe and wonder. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Isaiah, we're a we're a sign and a wonder yep. to a generation. That's Isaiah 818. You yeah. know, yeah. And that I feel like that's just people need to encounter a God who can encounter them. Yeah. Yeah. Who's alive and active and is, is yeah. moving in the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Not just not just in word. You know? Yeah. But yeah. A, a God like that's that's kind of that's kind of like it was it's like the invisible God became real. Yeah. Yeah. In Jesus. Yeah. You know what? I'll say this, right? And and I really need to dig into this more because I know I did cover it in a John series. The verse where it talks about they're confronting Jesus and he talks about Abraham and how Abraham would have mm. would have encountered him. And I really believe yeah. now, off looking at that, I believe what he is telling them is that Abraham did encounter him because Abraham didn't want to kill him, didn't want to stone him. And they say, but you're not even 50 years of age. And I always, I always challenged, was always challenged by this. 
no one can see God and live. So I don't believe people have seen God the Father in the fullness of his Shekinah glory and lived. I know he passes by, you know, the crack and the crevice and all the rest of it. I believe the theophanies of God that we're seeing is the Christophany of Jesus. I believe, because Jesus has always existed, the first time he became incarnate and walked as a child, you know, diapers and, and the rest of it. Thank he became the God. lowest. That's in that's in the New Testament. But prior that's to that, true redemption. But I'll tell you, I'm going to send you this verse. Right, it, uh. it, it's shocking, and I'll send you the video. But what it sounds like is being said is that when Abraham actually encountered Jesus, yeah, and he just showed up in front of Abraham with the other two. He was the Lord. He was saved. I believe Christ showed up throughout the Old Testament. Because Absolutely. even that word, in the beginning was the word, that's this word memra, and to the Greek, they knew what that was. In the beginning was the word, you're saying, that was the spark, that was the life. Flesh. And that's the point. So when we hear that, we're like, oh, it's a Christian term. No. To Muslims, the memra, they know what that is. So when you say in the beginning was the memra, and the memra was with God, and the memra was God, but what it means is, Everything you look to that was the spark that began, that was the the architect, that that you know, all things may buy him for him through him. The author's saying to Greeks, it's Jesus. He's saying to Jews, yeah, this is who was prophesied. He's even speaking what would go on to become Muslims. They read it in that way. So I view it all as the Abraham encounter Christ. Was he there in the fiery furnace? You know, was yeah. Jesus showing up? Yeah. Why couldn't he? He was he was there everywhere anyway. So yeah. So your tattoo, awesome. where, where are you located for anyone listening? Uh, Farmersville, Texas. Farmersville, Texas. Okay. It's like the Dallas area. Yeah. So you got your own property set up. You showed me that earlier, your house. And then yeah. how do people get a hold of you online? What's the best way? Because they will. They'll message you. They'll follow up. They'll ask questions. Yep. Uh, you can you can follow us on Instagram. Yep. Uh, we have a page called uh, Tattoo Chapel. Or you can follow our personal account, which is uh, James Buster. Yep. And I'll put all and the links it's, below. It's my wife and it's my wife and I who run this place. Yep. Is she gonna she's pop like, in and say hi? Is she is she floating around? You wanna is say she, hi real quick? Is she no, nervous? She's, she's camera shy. <laughs> she's um, camera shy. But so that's all of it. And so I guess, you know, anything you just encourage people with, we've talked about this risen Christ. You're claiming he's a person. We know he came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. He came to give us the presence of God again, which was taken from us in the garden, was separated, kicked out of his presence. What would you tell people listening? Um, why is it important they need Jesus? And how should we live our life with our gifts? Kind of covered it, but just, you know, yep. Right. Um, I would say that he's he's real enough to encounter you where you're at. Mm -hmm. You know, he, the Bible says that he's a sympathetic high priest. So... Mm. You know, he's, he's sympathetic. It was, you know, he was tempted in every way that we can be tempted. Mm. And he was, and, but he lived without sin. So he, he knows the struggles that we go through. Mm -hmm. You know, he, we're, we're not unreachable. Yep. You know, and, and for people that don't believe, you know, God who is love will contend for what you believe with his own love. Mm -hmm. Love in person. That's yep. who Jesus is. Jesus is the evidence of God loving through yeah. another person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is love without limit. Mm. 
mm. you know, his spirit in another person. Yep. So, you know, you're, you're not too far away. And mm. if you don't believe, don't worry, mm. you know, he'll contend for what you believe mm. to the point where he'll show up himself or he'll show up in another person. Mm. And for those listening, what we're saying is what is the transaction? James and I were born just like you were, you know, of a mother, dead in flesh, and we want our own. We both lied. We both lusted. We could go down the Ray Comfort Road. We've all sinned. The Bible tells us every one of us has, so we're going to die. But what did Jesus do is before we die, he's made a way for us to hear of who he is. And as James said, Jesus lived the perfect, sinless life. He died on that tree, on that cross. Deuteronomy says, cursed is the man who hangs upon a cross, upon a tree. Jesus died where we should have hung. Jesus' blood was shed where ours should have been been shed. And he's made a way for you and I to what? Put our faith in him, trust in him. This word that is heavily misunderstood, repent. All it means is James knows I need God. James' dad knows I need yeah. forgiveness. James' mom knows I need to enter into the kingdom because this world is passing away. Look at our politics. Look at the crazy. Look at the wickedness of man. But God's kingdom is invading through skateboarding, through churches, through tattoos, through a podcast called Foolishness. Someone's going to come <laughs> to faith through this today. We'll believe in it. Amen. That's right. So Amen. he's a risen Christ. He walked the earth 2,000 years ago. He's seated on the throne today. He shows up in his word, in signs, dreams, visions, you name it, through our voices, quoting the text, testifying. And really, I guess I'd say, and why I liked you being on is, the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do as to the Lord, give to the Lord, use it for the Lord. So how do we get to people in tattoo shops? Well, through James. How do we get to people on the jiu-jitsu mats? Through Brian. How do we get into the banks? How do we get into the schools? Because God said, become all things to all men. Housewife, you're over there at the supermarket, you're at the school, you're at the playground, or you're the lawyer, or you're the doctor. All of it can be used to point to the king, kings and the Lord of Lords. And I love that your dad just started witnessing the people right away and being available. And maybe this episode- right away. Yeah, maybe this episode will invite people to right study away. even the signs, gifts, and wonders more because I believe, yeah. you know, a lot of people say to me, well, Brian, how do we get someone like you on staff, like an evangelist who's fired up and shares? I go, they're already sitting in your church. They're already sitting yeah. there. And when you quote certain verses, a fire's inside of them. How do you focus more on the spiritual gifts? Read the verses. Look at the boundaries. God is a God of order. He does have things set yeah. in motion. But if you look at what we said today... You're finding it in the text. So, you know, I'm fired up. Uh, thank you for being on. Anything else you want to share with us and encourage anyone? Or uh, Would it be cool if I prayed for some people? Oh, we're going to pray. Yeah, we can pray. Yeah, oh, just okay, for you, okay. any thought, and then you can pray and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Any you don't thought, need to. I'm um, just saying, because we, we, we kind of probably hit, what, two hours? Did pretty good. <laughs> hey, it goes hours. fast. Oh, I get up, walk around, and say, why is my back That's so wild. sore all day? And this is why. I, I have a I have a wooden little wooden chair with a towel under it. You know, I don't have the big fancy yeah. things here. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting on a at least a pillow here. Well, I've got to be heavier than you, so I feel it more than you. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're probably but, way the same. I'm like 225. I don't know. I think I'm 226, probably. Yeah, yeah. But we're yeah, both six foot. You're maybe six one, six two, even, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Rich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just dense because I'm a brown belt, so I roll with people all week, so you just get mass, you know? So, But yeah, yeah. anything, you know, because why do we pray to those listening? Um, we pray and listen to the Lord. Maybe even just how deep we've gone has opened some of you up to past hurts or more available to say, you know, um, tongues were a sign against Israel, that God was shining the light to the Gentiles. But also mm-hmm. we see the spirit given to empower the early church, and it's still going. You know, the book of Acts says, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. We haven't hit there yet. So the same Spirit's still taking that message with us. So feel free to pray for whatever, yeah. All right. I did have have a thought. Um, Oh, wow, I had a thought. Jesus Jesus wasn't God's plan B. Yep, yeah. You know, like before, it says that before the world began— he was the lamb yeah. that was slain, yeah. you know? So a lot of people, they, maybe they mm. think they're too far gone that, Oh no, I knew Jesus. And then I messed up too bad, but Jesus had those people in mind because before sin ever happened before Adam and Eve, he knew. you know, mm. before he gave it all away before he exchanged power or whatever, yeah. the keys of whatever. Yeah. Um, God already knew, yeah. you know, Jesus was the lamb. Yeah, he knew he'd have his to prepare blood, that sacrifice. His blood was his blood was afresh before, mm. you know. So he knew already. He knew it. Well, you reminded me and, of something that I was going to say a bit ago, because you talked about how what the enemy uses for bad, God will redeem for good. Doesn't mean he'll give us the perfect mm. situation all the time, but he will grow us and use us and minister to us. But I was thinking of how Judas, Satan, entered into him. So he could betray the Lord exactly the time he needed to. They were eating Passover. He would be the Passover. But Judas betrayed him, thinking they'd destroy this person. And God used that because he had to die on that Jewish feast, on the festival. So what the enemy meant for harm, God the whole time was redeeming it. And you know, because yeah, he was always the lamb. He was always the lamb. And it, it, and you know what? I love that in that picture of the Last Supper, the cup that they don't drink. There's, there's a time that Judas leaves before the friendship, before he's abiding with them. It's crazy. But then the cup that will be drank in heaven is the final cup that we'll drink with him. So if you look at the picture, you're like, wow, this is insane. You know, I mean, Hebrew theology, and, and if we could just understand the Old Testament the way Paul did. But then again, what did Paul do? He preached what we all can preach, Christ and Christ crucified. So yeah, if you want to just pray, we can. Just let it, let it go, however. So, yeah, amen. Cool. Yes. Well, Father, I just thank you for, uh, I just thank you for all of these people. Yes, Lord. Lord, your people that you know by name and you call by name. Yes, God. Father, I just, I lift up people to you that watch this and maybe they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Father, I thank you that you just, you just invade their space like you did brian's and how you did mine and you just contend father uh you just contend father for what they believe with your love this love that never fails Mm -hmm. lord your love will never fail us you'll never you'll never fail a wounded heart you'll never fail a doubting heart Mm -hmm. uh lord i thank you for just reaching people that are like thomas you know he said he wouldn't believe unless he saw your wounds unless unless he encountered jesus in person lord you're 
you're willing and you're able to just visit your people. Lord, thank you for just giving people encounters with you. Encounter them in dreams, encounter them in people, encounter them with your spirit in person. Lord, thank you for just healing uh, hearts that like hurt and are wounded from abuse. Um, I even ask, Father, that you would uh, that you would heal minds that need to be mended. People that are schizophrenic, Lord. People that struggle with bipolar disorder or with depression or with anxiety or any kind of mental health issue. Lord, bind their hearts with the kind of love that just melts everything together, Lord. Mm. Just holds them together. Lord, thank you for the fire of your love that just that burns out anxiety, that burns out insecurity Mm. in Jesus name. Yes, Lord. Hey, Lord, and we just pray over those who are broken, who are shattered, who are counting the cost of this world and the homes they came from, the families they had or didn't, and the experiences they've walked through or are walking through. Lord, your grace and mercy is available and able today, and we are your workmanship. And I just pray that people would step in and say, Lord, let me take the text to heart. Let me be led by your spirit, the same spirit that resurrected Jesus, that shook the ground, that tore the veil from top to bottom, is alive and on the earth today. And even as Nicodemus came thinking he understood, Jesus told him, you can't see lest you were born again. And I pray that people today would confess and believe and trust, but Lord, the anointing that you placed on prophets, priests, and kings, the anointing that was on King David or certain individuals in the old that is now available to all in the new and us today, that it comes forth, God, and empowers and brings forth life. And we go out boldly to manifest your presence, to demonstrate as your ambassadors um, in the name of Jesus, Lord, at the skate park, in the tattoo parlor, in the grocery market, in homes, in closets, locked away, wherever someone can step, Lord, let your presence be there, manifest, whole, and breaking off the curse of sin, death, wickedness, that your blood, which speaks a better word, will be applied to all who hear today as they put their faith in you, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, Looks like James's uh, Zoom maybe went out, but God is good. God is faithful. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I'll let James know he was a blessing. Uh, comment, reach out to him, let him know. God's done a mighty work, and he's so humble but so bold. Hope we stepped in some good places today to let you understand some of this and that, uh, stretching the boundaries a bit. What are dreams? What are visions? What are signs? But also grounding it in theology uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Do me a big favor and um, write comments in the reviews on Apple and um, like and share. Send it to people. The more views, the more likes, the more listens, the more ground it gains, the more here and the more we can do. Thank you to those who partner with me and supporting. I do this all just from my house, put it up, produce it, put it out there. I don't get nothing from it. Thank you to those who financially partner. I'm going to be traveling so much and speaking a lot of places, going around the world. And it's only 
because people like yourself partner brian sumner at net for more god bless you guys love you amen mm-hmm.